Welcome. It is so good to see you. Happy Father's Day. And by the way, right now this sermon is being translated in Spanish. My wife has an earpiece and, and with a microphone, and there's people here with, with earpieces. So, okay. Que Dios te bendiga. Te quiero mucho. Orgulloso de ti. God bless you. I love you. God is proud of you. I'm proud of you. Happy Father's Day, everybody. And if you know somebody who speaks Spanish, please invite them to this service where they can join in with us and hear the gospel in their language as my wife, my beautiful wife, translates. So we're in a series called, and Matt Acuff, I realize I forgot my Bible on the front row. (laughs) If you could get that. Thank you very much. So we're on a series called, thank you, the the Experiential Names of God. When I introduce myself to you, you know what to call me. When God introduces himself and he says a name, you know a little more about the depth of his grace, the sheer expansiveness of his love and power, his grace that's deeper than the oceans and his love, mercy, and power that's more expansive than our universe. When God speaks his name, whether it's Elohim, in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. We know that God is more than one. His voice is like the sound of rushing waters, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and yet He is one. He's creator God who wants to create in your life and recreate in your life. We know that God is El Shaddai, Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, El Shaddai. He is the God who wants to provide for you in an abundant amount so that it is overflowing. It is more than enough. We know that God is El Elyon, also in Psalm one, uh, Psalm 91. He is the God who rules over whatever is trying to rule over you. He's El Elyon. He's the God who rules over whatever is inconsistent with His character. He's the God who says, peace be still. And the storms are stilled. He's the God who wants to rule over the anxiety in your mind, the anxiety in your heart, the fear, the uncertainty. And He is Jehovah Jireh. He's the God who provides for all of your needs. Most of all, we worship Him because He's the God who provides a sacrifice for our sins so that we can walk in freedom and in righteousness and a relationship with Him. He is Yahweh. He is the self-revealing God. He's the God who says, my name is I Am. A God so holy that the Hebrews wouldn't even pronounce it. It simply was four continents, Y-W-H-W, that sounded like a rushing wind. He is the God who makes Himself known, who makes promises and keeps promises by the sheer force and power of His existence and His eternal being. And today that we're, we are going to see that God is Jehovah, or in the English or in the Hebrew, Yahweh. He is Yahweh Rohi, or He is Jehovah Rohi. Rohi is. He is our shepherd. He is our shepherd. So open your Bibles with me to Psalm chapter 23. And towards the end of the service, we are going to gather around uh, the baptistry downstairs in the event room, and we're going to celebrate Jesse as he follows Jesus in baptism. And before that, we are going to respond to this sermon, but the conclusion of this sermon is the beginning of your surrender to Christ so that you can experience all that Rohi brings into your life. Psalm chapter 23, verse 1. The Lord, or Yahweh, or Jehovah, the Lord, it's called the Tetragrammaton, four consonants, Y-W-H-W, too holy to be pronounced by the Hebrews, so they inserted vowels from another name from God, Adonai, the Lord, or Yahweh, 
or Jehovah is my shepherd or Rohi. This is going to change everything. The Lord, the creator of all things, Yahweh, Jehovah, the all-powerful one is your shepherd. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. that the end of this service would mark the beginning of a surrender to You where we experience all that You as our Rohi brings into our relationship with You. In Jesus' name, Amen. The Lord is our shepherd. He is our um, El El Eon and He is our shepherd. He rules after the lions. He rules over the lions. He rules over the wolves. He rules over the bears that try to devour the flock. And He shepherds us. The Lord is our shepherd. Throughout the Old Testament, God the Father reveals Himself over and over as Rohi. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ personifies Himself as Rohi. And through the Holy Spirit, Rohi is applied into our hearts and into our lives. And so we will look at how God the Father reveals Himself as Rohi throughout the Old Testament. How Jesus Christ personifies Himself as Rohi in the New Testament. And how the Holy Spirit applies Rohi to our heart and to our lives today. The Lord is our shepherd. Throughout Scripture, Rohi is applied. Oftentimes God says about, for example... um, Uh, King Cyrus, I will raise up Cyrus to shepherd my people. Or about Moses, I will raise up Moses to shepherd my people like a flock. Or in Jeremiah, God talks about the reality that I will raise up shepherds to nurture my people and feed my people with wisdom and understanding. In Isaiah, God refers to Himself in 41.10, I believe, God refers to Himself as Rohi, or a shepherd. I will shepherd My people with tenderness and compassion. I will carry them in My arms. In Ezekiel chapter 34, we see that God contrasts Himself as a shepherd over our lives with people whose interest in shepherding others are selfish or ambitious. And God says, I shepherd you, but My interests are entirely altruistic. Meaning, it's based upon what I bring to the table, not what you bring to the table. I shepherd you altruistically in how I can serve you, not how you can serve me. I shepherd you in grace and mercy. And then the quintessential passage on the Lord is our Rohi or our shepherd is Psalm chapter 23. The Lord is our shepherd I shall not want or I shall not have any need whatsoever because God is shepherding me. And we're going to look in Psalm 23 at at all of the needs that God as our shepherd provides for us. Picture a flock. And then picture sheepdogs watching the flock attentively. And if one sheep even twitches, the sheepdog notices. But far more than a sheepdog, we have a shepherd. And this shepherd is God. And this shepherd, Jesus says, knows how many hairs are on your head. In fact, he has them numbered. He knows when you stand up. He knows when you're seated. He knows a word before it's even on your mouth. He is your shepherd. He sees you. He knows you. He loves you. The Lord is your shepherd. And you shall not be in need. And on this Father's Day, just 
Happy Father's Day to those of you who have shepherded your family. And you're shepherding your family. And to those of you who have fathers in heaven, one day we'll see our, you're, you'll see your dad again in heaven. Or some of you even have children in heaven. You will see your children again because our shepherd is an eternal shepherd. And he has our loved ones in his embrace. And we'll see their face again. And so our heart is encouraged and we have hope in that. And for those of you who are shepherding your family, and for those of you who are, perhaps you don't have biological children, but you're shepherding this flock well, happy Father's Day to you. You know, I told Karen recently that I have a treasure at my parents' house. It's in one of those chests. And it is a stack of those old VHS tapes. Do you recall those? And... There, there was something called a camcorder. You remember the camcorder? It rested on your shoulder. With this finger, you zoomed in. With this finger, you zoomed out. And with this finger, you would turn it on and off. And the treasure are these VHS tapes of all of my football games. 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. But I told Karen, it's not a treasure because of the content. I have no desire to ever go back and watch any of those games. But it's a treasure because of who was on the sidelines and who recorded each and every game. He never missed one. He never missed a practice. He never missed a game. He was on the sidelines watching every move. Yes, he watched the team, but he also zeroed in on his son that he loved and he was proud of and he was supporting. And in the same way, God the Father is your rohi. He's your shepherd. He's watching. Yes, he watches the flock, but then he zeroes in and he sees every move you make. He's a personal God. He loves you. He's shepherding you. And because he's shepherding you, first of all, he will meet all of your spiritual needs. Verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Has your mind ever just been filled with anxiety? Maybe your heart filled with sorrow? In a moment, in the presence of God, He renews your mind. He restores your heart. In His presence, in His presence, there is fullness of joy. Your shepherd wants to shepherd you beside the still waters of the living water of Jesus Christ, and He wants to restore your soul. Secondly, He meets all of your ministry needs, and He directs you. He meets all of your spiritual needs. And He meets all of your ministry and directional needs. Verse 3, He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. This is how the shepherd leads. David is obviously referring back in his thoughts when he was a kid and he was watching his dad's flock. And now he's the shepherd of a nation. But he's drawing principles of how he shepherded a flock to now how God is shepherding him. And just as he had that Staff and he had the rod. The staff would reach out and pull a sheep in, and the and, and the rod would defend the sheep against um, any attack. So God leads us; He shepherds us. 
And He does it through a whisper. He says, go this way and go that way. And the closer we are in our relationship with Him, the louder the whisper becomes. The more we can identify and recognize that whisper. In our uh, Wednesday Night Live a Wednesday or two ago, I asked Iris Russell, who is a prayer warrior, if ever there's a prayer meeting, there is Iris. Before COVID-19, Monday through Friday, she is praying at noon or 2 p.m. for an hour. Monday through Friday. Saturday, she's up here praying. Sundays, she's praying. She prays, prays, prays. And I asked Iris, why do you pray? I expected her to say something like this, because prayer is powerful. What goes up will come down. Prayer is the window through which the power of God flows. Because that's what I would have said. (laughs) But here's what she said. I said, why do you pray? And she said, to be with Jesus. Isn't that the secret to praying? She prays to be with Jesus. And the more we long to be with Jesus, the more we grow closer in this relationship with Christ, the more we talk to Christ, and the more we realize that our relationship with Christ is two ways. It's communicative. He's dynamic. He hears. And He speaks. And the closer we grow in our relationship with Christ, the clearer His voice becomes. And we hear that whisper say, go this way and go that way. That whisper that's consistent with Scripture, that whisper that's consistent with Christ's character, that's beneath all the noise of our emotions and all the noise of our fears and all the noise of the demands and all the noise of our regiments and patterns. It's that whisper. You want to know how I've learned to recognize that whisper? I've ignored it so often that I persist in my way, in my pattern, in my regiment, and I crash, and I go, oh yeah, I should have listened to the whisper. And then when I do listen to the whisper, then the fruit of that is fresh and powerful, and there's momentum behind it. The Lord is our shepherd. He shepherds us by meeting all of our spiritual needs. He shepherds us by meeting all of our directional needs. He shepherds us by meeting all of our emotional needs. Verse 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. And again, the, the rod comforts the sheep because it, it guides the sheep. The, the, the staff comforts the sheep because it guides the sheep. The rod comforts the sheep because it pushes away attacks upon the flock. And even though I'm walking through the valley, what is the valley? The valley is where it's uncertain. The valley is where it's scary. The valley is where everything is out of our control. We fear no because God is carrying us through the valley. And even if you're in a valley, we have hope. Why? Because what is a valley in between? Valley, a valley is in between mountains. And if you know that you're in a valley, Jesus is carrying you and He's carrying you to the next mountain. And with this conviction, we have faith. Because we know it's difficult now, but this difficulty will turn into a testimony. And we have hope and we praise Him. Next. The Lord is our shepherd. That means He meets all of our physical needs. Verse 5, You prepare a table before Me in the presence of My enemies. You anoint My head with oil. My cup overflows. Why would our head be anointed with oil? Because if a sheep ever tries to get berries and maybe it puts its head through a pack of thicket with, with harsh Judean thorns, then the sheep's head has deep gouges in it. And so the shepherd tenderly picks the sheep up 
and with oil, with healing balm. It ministers to and heals the sheep, the sheep's head. My cup overflows. That means there is more than enough sustenance. There's more than enough water. He is our Jehovah Jireh. He is our shepherd. And our shepherd meets all of our eternal needs. We go on in verse 6. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. We have a flock who's being led, and here's goodness and mercy. Two sheepdogs who are protecting the flock from all oncoming danger. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. This is what it is to follow Christ. This is what it is to be shepherded by Jehovah Rohi. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And when this life is over, it continues on because it's an eternal shepherding. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David knew this well. He shepherded a flock. And he saw that there was a direct correlation between how he shepherded his flock of sheep and how God shepherded him. Jehovah-Rohi is revealed throughout the Old Testament. And in John chapter 10, we see that Jehovah-Rohi is personified by Jesus Christ in the New Testament. So Jesus was born, and guess who was born? The same shepherd that shepherded Israel. The same shepherd that shepherded Moses and raised up Moses to shepherd his people. The same, the same shepherd that shepherded David and raised him up to shepherd his people. Jehovah-Rohi was born. And he was talking to his disciples toward the end of his ministry. And in verse 11, he says, or let's back up to verse 10. He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come so that you may have life and life more abundantly. In other words, let me be your shepherd. Follow me. Let me guide you. And the result of that is that you're going to have life and life more abundantly. And in verse 11, 11 Jesus says, follow me. I'm your shepherd. But just like Ezekiel chapter 34, I'm not a shepherd who shepherds for vain conceit. I'm not a shepherd who shepherds uh, for, for, for selfish motives. I'm a shepherd who shepherds altruistically based upon how I can love you. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. You are going to be attacked. In fact, you have already been attacked by the, by the wolf and the lion of sin and death. And Jesus said, I have come to shepherd you and to lay down my life. I'm going to fight off sin. I'm going to fight off death on the cross because the wages of sin is death. And I'm going to pay the price of your sin with my own death. I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for you. Verse 12. There's a counterfeit here. Jesus says, beware of counterfeits because... You're going to be tempted to follow other shepherds. Not a capital S shepherd, but a lower S shepherd. Not a shepherd who, who, who will willingly lay down my life for you, but a shepherd who is just shepherding for selfish ambition and vain conceit. Verse 12, He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. 
I know my own, and my own know me. That whisper beneath the noise. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I, once again, he says, I lay down my life for the sheep. There is a wolf, there is a lion called sin and death who have attacked the flock. And our good shepherd, Jesus Christ, lays down his life to pay for our sins so that we can dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And we can see our loved ones again. Jehovah-Rohi, revealed by God the Father in the Old Testament. Jehovah-Rohi, personified in the flesh by Jesus Christ in the New Testament. And Jehovah-Rohi, applied to you today through the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14. We read. Verse 25. These things I have spoken to you, Jesus says, while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance. Just as I have said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. So Jesus is explaining that the Holy Spirit will be in us. His own Spirit. Christ Himself will be within us. We've learned that God is Elohim. It's a plural form. In the beginning, Elohim, the plural of God. And it doesn't make sense It's progressive truth that's revealed throughout the Old Testament, but it's somewhat mysterious until Christ is born and then the mystery fades away and we see that God is the Father, God is the Son, God is the Holy Spirit, and God is one. And Jesus said, it's best that I go away so that I can send the Helper, the Holy Spirit, my Spirit in your heart. The same Spirit that the power raised Christ from the grave will be in your heart to shepherd you. And so now, we have a shepherd. The Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ within our heart. Leading us, teaching us, encouraging us, convicting us, drawing us closer and closer and closer in a relationship with Him. Empowering us to do what we can never do. And that's bring Jesus Christ glory and lead lost people to repentance. And in 1 Peter we see that this Spirit is within you so that you can be shepherded by God the Father. But the Spirit is within you also so that you can be a shepherd to your families. So that Jehovah-Rohi can be personified in you and through you. This Spirit is within you so that you can be a shepherd to the flock of God. As we read in 1 Peter, that shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you. Not for shameful gain. Remember that Jesus is the altruistic shepherd, the shepherd who shepherds for our benefit, not his. The shepherd who willingly lays down his life. Peter writes, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversights. This is primarily to, to, to myself, but... And, and our pastoral team, but all with gifts of shepherding. I look around at our church family, and I see so many sheep dogs. The church is a flock, and there are wolves, and I see so many sheep dogs. 
People that love this church. People that will fight for this church. That will, that will care for this church. That will nurture this church family. And will shepherd people closer to God. Who will shepherd people in righteousness. Who will sometimes in love take a brother to get a dinner and just say, brother, man, you're missing God's greatest blessings. What are you thinking? How is your actions consistent with Scripture? God has so much more for you. We shepherd one another. We come alongside one another in our, in our weariness and woundedness and we put our, shoulder, our arm around one another's shoulders and we pray for one another and we, and we encourage one another. We shepherd one another. There are times that, that, that somebody might have difficulty making ends meet because their engine blew and they can't make rent and how do they get their kids to school and somebody literally donates a vehicle to the church and they shepherd the flock and we hand them the keys and we say, God bless you. He knows your name. Or their community group um, just cries more tears over their sorrows than they cry over their own sorrows. We shepherd one another because Christ is within us and we shepherd one another in greater freedom and we shepherd one another in the path of righteousness. We shepherd one another to glorify Christ and we shepherd one another to reach a lost and dying world. For example, have you guys realized that it's a little bit chaotic out there lately? Anybody else notice that? And somebody called me recently just venting. They needed an ear to vent with. And they said, where are all the religious voices? I hear all the hateful voices. I hear all the political voices. Where are all the religious voices? Where are all of our religious leaders? It was on a Saturday. And I said, I can't speak for others. But yesterday, I spent the day going into inner city neighborhoods, walking up to kids, some I knew, some I didn't, but the ones who I didn't, introducing myself and saying, would you let me pour into you? Would you let our church family be the greatest blessing in your life? Would you do that? Would you just let me be a friend to you? You you have one life to live. Would you let me come along beside you and supply you with the encouragement and the resources and the direction to change the world? Would you do that? Here, here, here's my name and number. I look forward to hearing from you. And what is this? It's just being Jehovah Rohi to a city. And this is what we are called to do. To those of you who are dads, happy Father's Day. Let Jesus shepherd your family through you as you follow the Good Shepherd. For those of you whose dads are in heaven, there's a blanket of security that, makes, that has, is now in heaven that makes you feel more vulnerable. But listen, the more dependent we are upon the Lord, then His blanket replaces that earthly blanket. And there's even greater security because the chief shepherd, the heavenly Father, wants to shepherd you. And to those of you in the body of Christ, thank you, men, for shepherding the flock of God. Thank you for being a sheepdog. Thank you for being aware that there is a flock that needs to have unity. There's a flock that needs to draw closer to our shepherd. And there are wolves that are trying to devour and divide us. Thank you for being a sheepdog.
And the closer we follow to Jesus Christ, the greater we can be a shepherd to those around us. Kyle mentioned our Saturday breakfast. It's going to be a breakfast with uh, Robert Borelli. And uh, once a month, breakfast, men's breakfast here at Hope Works with Robert Borelli. And we're just going to grow in being sheepdogs over the flock of God. So please join us for this fellowship. It's going to be awesome. This Saturday at 9, I'll kick it off. The action step for us all today is to pick up our cross and follow our shepherd. When I was in Israel, I saw uh, telephone lines. Well, I thought they were telephone lines, but they weren't telephone lines at all. You want to know what they were? They were boundary markers. Today, in Israel, they were boundary markers. And it told the Jews how far that they could go in their backyard before they crossed the boundary into the realm of their fields and they would begin working. Sounds like something you'd read about in the Old Testament, but it's today. Boundary markers. So that people on the Sabbath don't walk into the realm of work and meander around their fields. It's a reminder to keep the Sabbath holy. One of the Ten Commandments. Now what so impressed me about that was the Hebrew passion for obedience. They have a command. Be holy as God is holy. Be perfect as God is perfect. And yet, no matter how passionate they are to be holy and to be obedient, they can't. Why? Because without faith in Christ, they don't have the Holy Spirit within their heart to give them the capacity to be holy and to be righteous. And Christians, though we have the Spirit, oftentimes lack that passion to follow closely. Jesus said, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me. I am the good shepherd. Follow me. I will give you abundant life. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But follow me, and I will give you abundant life and make you a fisher of men. Follow. There is a phrase in first century Palestine called, covered in the dust of your rabbi. Obviously, they wore sandals, they walked everywhere, they lived in the desert. So the idea was that when you followed your teacher, when you followed your leader, when you followed your rabbi so closely, his sandals would kick up dust and cover you so that when you looked just like your rabbi, there was a phrase, wow, you must be Gamaliel's rabbi because you were covered in the dust of Gamaliel. It wasn't a sermon once a week where it was interesting and we tried to apply it to our lives. You literally lived with somebody for extended months, even extended years. You went where they went. You observed their mannerisms. You noticed how they ate. You noticed how they talked. You watched how they taught. You, you, you emulated their speech patterns. You watched how they engaged conversations. You observed how they debated. And you emulated it so closely. And when you looked just like your rabbi, people would say, wow... You're covered in the dust of your rabbi. And after the resurrection and the spirit of Christ were in Christ's disciples, they looked at Christ's disciples, how they were teaching and rebuking, and they had power and they had authority, and they observed that they were just like Jesus. They said, how are these guys doing what they're doing? They don't have this kind of training. And they remembered they were with Jesus. They were covered in the dust of their rabbi. And this is our goal this morning. 
not to make a commitment that we can't do, but it's to totally 100% surrender to Jesus Christ so His Spirit can live through us. And they don't see us, they see Jesus, and we will be covered in the dust of our rabbi, our shepherd. Would you stand with me, please? If you're prepared for baptism, please make your way out now. You can go downstairs. We will join you in a moment. And we're ending a little early today so that everybody can gather with us at the baptistry. Guys, Jesus loves you so much. Men, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you who are leading your families. Happy Father's Day to you who are shepherding the flock. Happy Father's Day who are shepherding a city and reaching out to bring people into a relationship with Christ. The greatest way that we can be a blessing to our families, the greatest way we can be a blessing to the flock of God, the best way that we can be a blessing to the city of Fort Worth and the world is to be covered in the dust of our rabbi. Let's follow passionately. Let's every day surrender to Jesus Christ so that His Spirit can shine through us and He can live through us. So they don't see us, they see Jesus. So in our response time, I just want to encourage you to pray. God, I surrender. I'm going to follow you. You are my rabbi. You are my shepherd. I'm going to stay right on your heels. The scripture says, don't be like a stubborn mule that has to have a bit in its mouth to be yanked here and there and to be kicked in order to do what its master wants it to do. Don't be stubborn. Be surrendered. At home, we have two German shepherds. My beautiful wife, somewhat petite. And so she says, in walking these dogs, she was initially a little scared of them because one of the dogs weighs about as much as her, much less two of them. So she demanded absolute obedience so that she could walk them. So you should see him. She doesn't even need a leash with them anymore. They stay right here. They heal and they walk on each side of her perfectly. This is what Jesus wants of us. He doesn't want us to be stubborn. He doesn't want us to have to pull or he doesn't want to have to pull this and that way with discipline and rebuking. He wants us to heal. He wants us to walk beside him. Jesus said, this is where abundant life is. Let me ask you a question. Haven't you lived long enough your way? Haven't you experienced the pain of discipline and the pain of rebuke and the pain of broken decisions? Hasn't your family experienced the pain of brokenness enough because of your stubbornness? Isn't it time that you follow closely? It's not how close to the edge, how unrighteous can I be before I'm really unrighteous? It's how holy can I be? How righteous can I be? Follow close. Be covered in the dust of your rabbi. So, in our response time, I encourage you to use this stage as an altar and say, Jesus, I surrender to you. Meaning every morning I'm going to surrender. I'm going to pick up my cross and daily and follow. This is surrender all throughout the day. You're not going to have to yank me like a stubborn donkey all throughout the day. I want to heal. I want to be right beside you.
because goodness and mercy will follow you for the days of your life. Because He is Jehovah Rohi. Would you bow your heads? If you say, you know what, I, I just want, I want to live surrendered day by day. Raise your hand high. I would like to pray for you. Father, you see these hands, mine too. We surrender all. And let's respond, not with just hands, but with our heart. The altars are open.